everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lunnan. And this is Volume Up by The Tees. So we're off and running. It's mid-Jan. And right around the corner happens to be my favorite month. Oh? Why, you ask? Yes, why? <laughs> I've never heard this. Go on. Well, it's my birthday in February. And then swiftly followed up by parties surrounding what I hear is some football game, like mm. the Super Bowl. Mm. But I'm just there. For the halftime entertainment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this year, we've got a special guest gracing us with her presence, and it is Rihanna herself. What do you think about that? Queen Riri, um, <laughs> I'm so excited. I don't share your positive oh. association with the month of February. I feel like, I mean, but I don't have a birthday month. Yeah. My birthday does not fall in. So I understand why. Fine. Um, but I do agree that the Super Bowl is not of any interest to me, with the exception of the halftime. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is going to be a big one. Rihanna, I mean, like, I don't know what to expect. The teaser that just dropped, oh. like giving us a hint a little bit. I mean, lots of commentary on that it's been X number of years, like what, yeah. six or more since right. the last album. People are dragging her. The Navy wants her to drop new music. This is probably not where she's dropping new music fair but i'm about it mm-hmm. I'm a, I, I cannot wait and if you haven't seen the teaser that my friend jeffrey is referring to we are talking architectural genius in the form of hair intricate detailing crafting of the plated and bubble shaped braids mm-hmm. i mean it is only for queen re 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 <laughs> <laughs> that it is stunning Maybe we should try to find out who indeed did that work of art and have them on the tees. I'd love that. I'd love to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. I cannot wait to see. I mean, again, if the teaser is any indication, this is going to be big. It's going to be fashion, yes. which is also exciting. I think like these shows tend not to be incredibly glamorous. Mm-hmm, they do tend to be big on like spectacle, but I feel like mm-hmm. she's going to do it. And she's going to do it. Yeah, it's going to be great. I cannot. I honestly cannot wait. Something to look forward to. So on our last episode, we talked with Joseph Michael. Joseph is a celebrity hair specialist based out of Los Angeles and New York. After training with the top color and styling artists, he quickly established himself as a hairdresser whose passion, professionalism, and love of fashion made him highly sought after. Joseph has styled looks for fashion week shows, editorial shoots, high-profile red carpet events, advertising campaigns, international brand campaigns to music videos, TV shows, and pilots alike. Working as a stylist since October of 2007, he works with a growing list of A-list clients and specializes in color, color corrections, cut styles, extensions, and keratin treatments. You're not going to want to miss this convo. Make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tees, and send in questions to volume up at thetees.com. Send them on in. This week, we're talking with Maggie Hancock. Maggie was born with a natural passion for art and creativity, and with that passion, along with her extremely hardworking spirit and strong determination for success, she launched herself into her career as a wildly successful hairstylist and industry educator. Maggie is the co-owner of Fanhouse Scottsdale, a well-known salon in Scottsdale, Arizona. She's also co-founder of Fanhouse Plus, an online streaming education platform for hairstylists. With nearly half a million collective followers on her social media platforms and with multiple awards and recognitions for her work, she's made herself a focal point in the beauty industry known for her fearless, trend-setting, and creative approach to style and color. Can't miss this one. It's going to be a goodie. It's going to be a goodie. 
Next up, I want to talk about and just bring this to the masses mm-hmm. and to our audience. Um, L'Oreal is launching a makeup applicator for users with limited mobility. And if you haven't seen it on the internets, please go. It was unveiled at CES in Las Vegas a week or so ago. And essentially, the plan is to launch a motorized handheld device designed, again, to help people with limited hand and arm mobility to steadily apply their makeup. Genius, right? Incredible. Like, we're here for you at CES, L'Oreal. We see you. I mean, this is exactly the level of inclusivity that we think is required for a beauty industry that is actually serving those that it pretends um, to to want to. Right. And I'm, I'm so excited. This is like good for them. We love to see when people are actually making changes. This is going to be life changing for folks and that it's going to be available at the scale. Yes. That they're able to offer is, I think, like the most exciting bit, um, like driving down cost. Yeah. And this is, you know, kind of next level innovation, as you mentioned, like we've seen easy to open skincare, ergonomic and flexible makeup brushes, like easy grip brushes, you know, packaging that includes Braille. But this is something that uh, they they double clicked on it. And I'm proud of you, L'Oreal. We're here for it. Absolutely. Other things we're here for. Mm. What's trending on the tease.com? Our editorial team has been hard at work this week on covering industry news, looking into trends and diving into brands that you don't know, but you should. And here are some of our favorite headlines. First up, Get the Wednesday goth glam look with these five hairstyles. Since its release in November, Netflix's Wednesday has become one of the hottest cultural phenomenons at the moment. Mm -hmm. Look at TikTok, all of that dance, dance, dance with my (laughs) hand. The series has transformed Jenna Ortega into the latest it girl, and subsequently, the goth glam aesthetic has become a massive trend. There's been no shortage of moody cuts, darker hair colors, and black lace hair accessories. With goth glam clearly here to stay, we rounded up some of our favorite hair inspo. For any stylist that's looking to help their clients tap into their dark side, head to thetees.com for a few of those looks. Kelly, the question is, would you consider your aesthetic goth glam? Oh my, no. No. No? (laughs) I'm not really sure. It's a little goth. It's like goth glam light. You know, yeah, goth glam meets the suburbs like yes i don't know um what i can get behind is the wednesday fringe which is stunning stunning Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. i also am really loving from our article the black dip dyed ends i think that would be a really nice touch anyway killer article i have not yet watched wednesday i started okay i just i just got into it we won't (laughs) get into that but no spoilers and no spoilers no no real interest on my part yeah can't see as if i'm gonna start i I prefer the trend (laughs) i prefer the trend that's come from it than same source material that's what i'm indeed and and we're done supermentees.com png beauty just acquired miel organics and here's why this matters If you've been following the TikTok drama surrounding Black-owned hair care brand Miel Organics, over the last few weeks, you'll definitely find this bit of beauty news very interesting. PNG Beauty recently announced that it had signed a deal to acquire the textured hair care brand for an undisclosed amount. Operating as an independent subsidiary of PNG Beauty, Miel Organics will continue to be led by its co-founders, husband and wife duo Monique and Melvin Rodriguez, who will maintain their respective roles as chief executive officer and chief operating officer, respectively. Big news, head over to thetease.com for everything that you need to know, including some controversy. Um, the question that I've got for you, Kelly, mm-hmm. what do we make of this news? Do we love it? Do we hate it? 
Thoughts? You know, I go back and forth mm-hmm. because I love it for Monique and Melvin, right? Mm-hmm. I love it that it's huge. everyone wants to cash in on an acquisition. Mm-hmm. Um, they're getting paid for the hard work and for the barriers that they're breaking. And so I love that for them. I love it also for the scale, mm-hmm. right? We know that the big consumer package goods companies offer scale um, and potentially affordability, yep. right? So I love that too. Um, what I don't hope for the brand is that it does fall into the biggie, the biggie CPGs, and it becomes a brand on the shelf that isn't getting the proper attention paid to. Yes. So I go back and forth. I celebrate them and their success first and mm-hmm. foremost, though. Mm-hmm. I'm totally with you. I think the article does a great job of explaining sort of why there is upset yeah. related to exactly what you said in a little bit more. The brand thus far has maintained, in addition to the founders being in leadership as part of this acquisition, that formulation is not going to be changing, targeting, etc. I think it's all very much TBD, mm-hmm. which is why you should go to the tease.com to see what is supposed to be happening. And we're just going to keep abreast of this. This is obviously trending all over the place, including on the tease.com. Um, but check out that article and let us know what you think. We'd be curious. All right. Last thing. And it's a big one. This is a trend that I think is going to make 2023. The article is recreate Quinta Brunson's Critics' Choice Awards Top Knot. With another stunning red carpet showing celebrity hairstylist Alexander Armand proves he's one of the most demanded of business. For the 28th annual Critics' Choice Awards, Armand worked with longtime client and nominee plus winner Quinta Brunson creating a top nut that could not be topped. (laughs) A bun that could not be beat. We could go on and on. I love that. And the article does. (laughs) It made the best of, which is not a surprise. What we've done on Tesla.com is break down exactly what products and technique is used or were used, excuse me, to create this look. And you should try it. You should try it at home. The look is incredible. My question, Kelly, is would you try a top knot for 2023? Oh, I think I would. I mean, I don't know if I can pull off the drama of her top knot. Because certainly dramatic. It is. It's PC. It's perfect. It's perfectly red carpet ready. But I am I am a fan of the top knot in general. So I would try that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, if you listener or you, Kelly, try this look at home um, or for your clients, let us know. We'd love to see it. Uh, tag us at Read the Tease and it might show up on our feeds. Why not? As always, so much going on at Tease.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We are proud to publish stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Next up, Jeff's riveting conversation with Maggie Hancock of Fan House Scottsdale. Maggie Hancock was born with a natural passion for art and creativity, and with that passion, along with her extremely hardworking spirit and strong determination, launched herself into her career as a wildly successful hairstylist and industry educator. In addition to being a hairstylist and educator at the top of her game, she's a mother to a seven-year-old. Relatable. Maggie's the co-owner of Fanhouse Scottsdale, a well-known salon in Scottsdale, Arizona. She's also the co-founder of Fanhouse Plus, an online streaming education platform for hairstylists. With nearly half a million collective followers on her social media platforms and with multiple awards and recognitions for her work, she's made herself a focal point in the beauty industry, known for her fearless trend-setting and creative approach to style and color. Hey, Maggie, how's it going? Welcome to the Volume Up Podcast. Thank you. I'm so glad we finally made this happen. We did it. 2023, baby. Let's go. We All right. did so, it. <laughs> for the people that are living under a rock and they're not following you on Instagram, <sighs> TikTok, etc., tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get to the hair industry? 
So my story is interesting. Um, I grew up in Seattle, Washington. I'm one of seven children. Are you from Washington? No, no, no. I just feel like people are never from Washington. So I'm excited oh. about that. But all right. But seven kids, yeah, you know, that was, was the like, next thing. What up? You're from Washington too? <laughs> no, I grew up in Washington state. I'm one of seven children, uh, six girls, one boy. And we were raised in the Mormon church. So it was like a very serious, very religious upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was always very interested in art. I've always been like a very mm-hmm. artistic person. Like I loved art in school, anything that had to do with like my hands. I've always been very gifted with like drawing and all of that. So as a child, that was there. And like the creativity aspect is like huge in my family. Mm-hmm. My father is an artist. My mom is an artist. Like it's a thing. It's I, I think I'm suspicious that it's genetic at this point. I mean, it might be. Yeah, I didn't do so well in standard school. It wasn't my thing. I had mm-hmm. like really great grades and like art classes and all that, but all the other ones, not so much. I always knew that I wanted to go to beauty school. But I feel like having so many sisters and like the hair stuff and like creativity played a huge part in that. And like one of my most vivid childhood memories is of me on the school bus and I had this windbreaker on and it had these strings on it. And I actually remember the first time I figured out how to do a three strand braid. Hmm. So styling was always like the big thing for me at first. So I started doing weddings and prom. Um, when I was 13 years old. Wow. Yeah. So that was my thing. And then right after I graduated high school, I went to beauty school. Mm-hmm. So it was always kind of the plan for me. So did you experience any stigma or weirdness around thinking about beauty as a career? You know, I'm really blessed again that both of my parents are really creative people and mm-hmm. both creative entrepreneurs. And they were extremely supportive of me. And they always knew it was my passion. They always taught us to like color outside the lines. So there was never like pressure to go to college or like, oh, you're going to beauty school. Like my mom and dad really, really supported me and my family. Like they always knew that that was what I was going to do and what I was going to succeed at. And I feel really grateful for that because I know that's not the experience for a lot of people. Definitely judgment from outside people. But at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, like, you know, your family's opinion and your parents is the most important. So for sure. I felt supported. Uh, well, that's good to hear. Um, as you said, that's not always the case. A lot no. of people on the podcast have been like, people were like, what are you doing? That's not a real thing. Well, you're never going to make any money. Um, and then like, obviously they get to laugh at all of that. Now um, you're in that camp. Like you've made this work for yourself. Um, what advice do you have maybe for somebody who's thinking about beauty school or is in beauty school and they're like just trying to get through like what are your thoughts there what can you say to them about the like big picture i think that a lot of people seem to think that going to beauty school is kind of like a cop-out like oh i can't do anything else so i guess i'll just go and do hair Mm -hmm. which is really funny to me because being a hairstylist and making it and making good money and creating amazing work is actually an extremely difficult thing to achieve and not everybody can do it. Like, no, maybe like, I don't know, 5% of people that go to cosmetology school actually end up making it into like a big career. Mm-hmm. It's definitely possible. But what I would say to the people in school right now is that this is not easy, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And if you're passionate and you're good at what you do, you should chase it because this is one of the best jobs that you could ever have. It's so rewarding. It's so creative. You can make incredible money doing this 
you just have to be passionate and be willing to work really hard and kind of like being a doctor, like how you have to do like a residency mm-hmm. for like four or five years. Yep. Like even though beauty school is only one year, your school starts really after that. Mm. And I think it takes about five years of grinding and hard work and patience and self-forgiveness to make it to the point where you feel like you're comfortable as a hairstylist. So patience and hard work for patience sure. And hard work. We love it. Uh, talk to us about that grind. So like you're out of beauty school, you're a freshly graduated hair pro and you're like, all right, what skills should they be cultivating? Like in your experience, what were the things that you like didn't necessarily get prepared for that you like learned fast and that have helped you now in your career? I think beauty school is there to prepare you for state board, but your education definitely happens after that. And mm. what I've been noticing shifting between like the millennials and Gen Z a little bit mm-hmm. with like the interviews and like I have a lot of staff, like, so I noticed like the culture shift. Yeah. And I feel that a lot of young people these days aren't seeking out or desiring apprenticeship positions like mm. they used to. People are just wanting to like start and go onto the floor. And that could be from the influx of education on TikTok and YouTube and Instagram that we didn't have. Yeah. So people might feel that they're more prepared. But I think that whether your apprenticeship program is a good experience or a bad experience like mine was, I'm very grateful for that because it taught me so much. And I think it's something that you need to go through to be humbled and also just to learn a lot before you go on the floor. Like you need to find an apprenticeship program and and stay in it for a year. Mm. For sure. Okay. You got to do advice. it. Yeah, <laughs> got to do it. Um, all right. Remember, well, gonna... good or bad, you learn something from that experience. Which is maybe a little bit hard in the moment, but like to your point, like being on the other side of it, you've got a minute to reflect on it. And like it, it did teach you something. You got something from it. Um, speaking yeah, of- my experience wasn't so great. And when I was younger, I like resented that a lot. But as I've grown older, I've realized that I'm so passionate about mentoring people and my assistants. Like that's my biggest mm. thing for sure is mentoring my stylist and having my assistants. And I don't think that I would have had the capacity to understand what it feels like to be treated badly or to not have a good assistant program. And I think that that was one of the greatest blessings in my life because now I know what it feels like on that side. And I never want to make anybody feel that way. Mm. So I think it had a huge impact on my career in a positive way. Wow. That's actually a really interesting way to put it um, because you don't want to replicate that bad experience, obviously, for the people that are coming up, um, which is huge and generous of you. That's not always the case. Talk to us about mentorship then. I find that really interesting what you were talking about in terms of like it being important to you and like that you value that. So how do you invest in cultivating that skill set? How do you become like a solid mentor? I always tell my new assistants like, the work that you put into me, I will put into you. Mm. So if you show up for me, I'm going to show up for you in every way. So Mm. I think being a good mentor is almost kind of like being a parent, which I am. So I have that experience, but you have to, you have to remember like you're not their friend, you're their mentor or you're their parent. So like there's a very fine line, but you you Mm -hmm. can still have a friendship, but you need to keep it professional. But being a good mentor is actually very simple. You just have to care. And I'm passionate about this industry so much that I want to help create and build up stylists to like elevate everybody even more. Mm. So it's 
you just have to care. That's it. I love that. And especially like you guys, um, yourself and and your partner have done a lot to demonstrate care. And we're going to get to that in a second. Um, But the first part of this is Fan House in Scottsdale. So talk to us about being in the position of owning a salon, running a salon, staffing a salon, just like rip off the bandaid. What's it like? Um, Uh What do you love about it? What do you maybe not like so much about it? Well, we opened Fan House in the middle of like shutdowns during the pandemic. So it was, it was scary. And it was like, just jumping off the cliff and like hoping things were gonna happen. Um, she's 4,000 square feet. We have 30 stylists. She's a big girl. It was a huge risk, but it's been really amazing. Obviously, there's been ups and downs, like being at the peak of your career during a pandemic and like a recession and all of this crazy stuff that's going on. I'm so grateful for it because I feel like I've learned a lot, but I'd be lying if I said that it wasn't extremely extremely difficult like with the inflation right now and the cost of like running the salon going up Mm -hmm. whenever people dm me and ask about like opening a salon or whatever like i just say don't right now (laughs) don't do it right now yeah it's incredibly rewarding my husband and i both love helping people that's how we connected is our love for mentorship and that's how Mm -hmm. we grew our salon a lot of the people here are people that actually like assisted under us so it's extremely rewarding. It's extremely difficult. It's very expensive. It's a lot of trial and error. But if you love to help people, it will always be worth it in the end. Well, not only are you guys bringing your best, you're demanding the best. And I know that there's this sort of statement mantra that you guys have about bringing innovation to the desert. What does that mean to you guys at Fan House? So... I feel like Arizona is like kind of like an up and coming place for hairstylists. We have a lot of popular hairstylists around, but I felt like there was kind of like a gap in the industry here in Arizona. There's like the very creative people that keep to themselves. And then the blonding specialists that very Uh much keep to themselves. There's like the two separate kinds of hairstylists, you know, the ones with the mullets and the ones with the hats and the pompous grass. (laughs) So I, I (laughs) love, I love blonding. That's how I became popular in Arizona. But Mm -hmm. I also love creative color. And there's a way to marry the two families together of edginess and lived in. And Lynn is like very edgy. So Mm -hmm. I felt like our concept at Fan House was very innovated by bringing those two together and creating like a very, what's the word, refined edginess to Arizona. So we're a very unique place and I, I love the family that we have. Um, you guys should be proud of yourselves. The content that is being churned out is incredible. Um, I mean, obviously I'm so not much. in Arizona, but I mean, my God. So you guys have done that really beautifully in terms of merging all of these worlds. Like it is so cool to see, which is going to be our moment for you to plug the hell out of your accounts. So if you wouldn't mind um, for our listeners that are not already following you, the salon, your hubby, like, can you drop some usernames for us? So my username is at Maggie MH. My husband's is at BeScene. Our, our salon is at FanHouse.Scottsdale. And then our online education platform is FanHouse Plus. Which is a beautiful segue into that very platform. Tell us how the hell this came to be. Because I think that this is even cooler. Because you guys are churning out beautiful work that everybody gets to experience in Arizona. But you've increased your footprint and the reach of your education 
with Fan yes. House Plus. So tell us what it is. What is it? So Fan House Plus is a very amazing and unique online education platform, but where it all started was not so beautiful. It's actually a very interesting story. Okay. So when the pandemic started and we had to shut down at the time we had three salons, we sold the other two and we only have this one now. But at that point we had three salons. So that's a lot of mortgage that needed. Mm-hmm. And be seen studios, my husband's salon in Maryland, you know, it's a huge space. That's a lot of overhead and rent to be covering yeah. with no revenue coming in. So just to be raw and real, we felt like we were being backed into a corner yeah. as influencers as well. We weren't able to create content. We weren't able to travel to like make the money that we usually do. Of course. And as a hairstylist, you never think your job can be taken from you, mm-hmm. but we were proven wrong. We, we have children, we have a house. We got to pay the bills. Yep. So we kind of got backed into a corner. Whenever I get backed into a corner, I always push out of it. But I'm like, I got to figure out a way to fix this because I'm not going to sit back and watch all of my hard work and my empire fall because we can't work right now. Mm -hmm. So my brain just started turning like, how can I create revenue without like applying for a job outside of the beauty industry? Because that's not an option for me. Yeah. So I decided I'm going to host an online private Instagram class and see if people want to sign up for 20 bucks for like Mm -hmm. one. So I created a private page and like had the class on there and holy crap. I could not believe I was one of the first people ever on Instagram to do a private Instagram class. Mm -hmm. And the response was absolutely insane. I ended up having my Venmo account shut down because I was taking Venmo through because I just thought it was going to be something small. It was huge. And then the friend requests were being approved so quickly that the Instagram got deleted Uh, like five five hours before my class. And I had already accepted all of this money. Obviously, I still had it, but I was like, I have to do something. One hour after that, my dad got in a horrible motorcycle accident and we thought he was going to die. And he called me from the hospital and I was like, dad, are you okay? And he was like, all he said to me was like, how's your class going? Because he's like very invested in what I do. I said, dad, why are you worried about my class right now? Like you're in the hospital. And he was like, can you do something for me? I was like, I'll do anything for you. And he said, get that class up and running, make it happen. And he hung up on me. (laughs) Oh my God. And I got off the phone and I was just like, you know what? I can do this. So I rebuilt the whole Instagram page and I just made it happen because of him. So I actually got his signature tattooed on me this morning. Oh my God. (laughs) Try faking that one in school. Good luck. (laughs) But anyways, that was the start of Fan House Plus. So then I did another one. The response was just as great. And I was like, you know what? Like we need to make this into a thing. This is working. People want to learn from us. So Fan House Plus was born. Lynn came in on it. Um, the Instagram was going, it was still a private one. And then it was getting so popular that if we had lost the Instagram page, like I had experienced before, it yep. would be very dangerous yep. at that point. And that's when we hired on employees to do the website and all of that. And it became kind of like this Netflix ish platform yeah. for hair. It has entertainment. It has classes on everything that you could think of. It's very raw and real. But at the same time, a very high production because that's important to me. It's like very visually beautiful to look at. And it's only $19.99. So you get a free trial. 
Fan House Plus, go sign up. It's amazing. I'm super dedicated to it. It's my baby. And I think it's one of the best online education platforms out there. Uh, we'd love to see it. Um, you've sold me. Um, we are going to be linking to Fan House Plus in the show notes. So we'll make it nice and easy for all of our listeners. Go check it out. Let us know what you think. Um, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, what kind of, I mean, you spoke to this in terms of programming. Um, how involved are you and Lynn in building out like what is offered? We'd love to talk about that for a little bit. So, I mean, it used to be just a simple Instagram account, but now it's like yeah. its own beast. And obviously, <laughs> I, I like to capitalize on my strengths and compensate for my weaknesses. So I'm not like a super techie girl. That's not my thing at all. As sure. you can see at the beginning of this meeting, trying to get nobody my needs. <laughs> you were great. Everything was great. But I'm I'm great at um, conceptualizing and filming and educating. So that's what I mm. focus on the most is the content, the um, creative direction of our page, and then after that, it goes to our create our other creative director and filmer who does all of the web and all of the design that it's approved by Lynn and I. Mm -hmm. It's a really extensive process. You see one class that's like five minutes long and it actually took like a month to like yeah. put it all together, but it's a process. We have a team. We, we couldn't do it without them. A process. Um, and it speaks to the level of care that you have been bringing to all of your endeavors. So, I mean, I feel like it's well worth it. Um, again, everybody check out Fan House Plus in the show notes, all of the info that you need to do that. Um, let's move a little bit along to something you had mentioned at the top of our combo, which is your strength in blonding, um, and bringing it together with the sort of like edgier vibe. Um, but let's like talk about product specifically. How did you get to be linked up with Schwarzkopf? How did you figure out this blonde me was for you? Want to hear everything about it. Okay. So at the beginning of my career, like a lot of other stylists, I was experimenting with like all the different products to try and As figure out yep. like oh, what oh. I wanted. And, and for me, I'm not like a very like sciencey hairstylist. I'm an artistic stylist. Like, yep. does it work or does it not? That's the kind yep. of person that I am. So the first time I tried Blonde Me, I was shook to my core at the results. It's just such an incredible, amazing lightener that provides really great results while keeping the hair in good shape because mm -hmm. you can use such low developers with it and get great results. And it has like the bonding in it already. So it's really great. But I started getting really great results with that. I started specializing in platinum blonde. So that was like my main tool that I was mm -hmm. using to like achieve these looks. And I got popular on social media because of that. And then I entered it in a big competition and I ended up winning an award for that shot using Schwarzkopf. And then I was put on their radar. Casual. No big deal. Genuine love for the product is what connected me to them. So in terms of what you've done with Blonde Me since then, what is it about Blonde Me that you sort of keep going back to? Um, like you spoke to bonding agents. Tell us more about like why people who are maybe not working with Blonde Me should consider for their blonding needs. I think that blonde me can be a little bit intimidating to some stylists just because it is such a high performing lightener. But when you yep. know how to use it, it's like one of the best tools that you could ever, ever have. But I just feel like it provides such great results in general for everything. So blonde me is definitely worth your while if you're thinking about using it. I mean, honestly, all you have to do is try it once and learn about it a little bit and it will speak for itself. And I think that you would continue to use it 
and being someone that's used every lightener on the market for sure <laughs> it's yeah it's it's definitely the best and i i hold myself as an influencer with like products to a very high standard <laughs> i will not promote or use things that i do not truly believe in or think that would benefit my fellow stylists and help them and for me one of my biggest pieces of advice for product for someone that wants to be a blonding specialist because blonde is the base of everything mm. whether it's creative whether it's lived in you have to have blonde first so everyone kind of needs to be a blonding specialist regardless of the route of creativity that you want to go so the foundation of that is a good lightener and good education with blonding and blonde me is definitely the best solution for everybody for that Oof. I mean, the sales pitch. We love it. I'm convinced. I feel like most of our listeners are going to be. Let me take you on. Let's go. I was going to say, I'm ready. I'm ready. It's been a minute. Like, let's go. Um, I got to come into Scottsdale. Um, Has Blonde Me ever gotten you out of a blonding jam? Absolutely. Many, many jams. Which we've seen on your Instagram, to be clear. I feel like that's... That's honestly, to your point, um, of not sort of supporting or promoting product that you don't use or that you don't believe in. On your Instagram, you're seeing it all the time in terms of you actually using the product, getting the results, um, which we love to see. So we're going to plug your Instagram one more time at Maggie MH. Maggie MH. Yes. That's right. All right. Head over there. Check that out. Make sure you're following if you're not. Um, Talk to us about blondes then in general. Um, You mentioned blonding needing to be the foundation for most of the styles that people are popularizing. Mm-hmm. But blonde by itself is having or continuing to have a moment. There's Targaryen blonde, the Barbie blonde, the honey blonde. Everything is blonde again for 2023. What's the key to maintaining these blondes, getting those looks? Maintaining them, getting them. The key is education mm. and patience and always learning and understanding especially that the blonde shades are going to shift in trend like for a long time it was packed baby lights and then it's like you know a lived in balayage but there's so many different families and visions of blondes so my biggest thing and the reason why i felt like when i was taking clients i was extremely busy was that i was able to provide all different kinds of results and not getting Mm -hmm. stuck just doing the same application on everybody. So having like a wide variety of tones and applications is huge. And the biggest thing for me is the integrity of the hair, which is another reason why people continue to come to me is because I very much kept people's hair healthy. And if they came to me with unhealthy hair, I was able to like, they called me the hair Jesus. I was able to like save them over a period of year, blonde me, seven volume, no heat, being patient, customizing applications, um, Mm. doing my retouches on time, being really strict about that. So just being strategic and educated and not getting stuck doing the exact same thing to everybody and going with the trends that you see happening. Because you never want to be that person that when you get older, you're not up to date on those styles. If you still want to work behind the chair, you always need to be doing the next thing and not being prideful and like, keeping up with the trends like mm-hmm. you don't like warm blonde well guess what girl it's happening so you yep. better learn it you better learn it and you better learn to love it 
learned to love it. That's incredible. Um, something you said in terms of like being strict with clients about like keeping up their schedule. How do you manage that? I mean, somebody who's maybe not as well established in the industry as you, what's your advice to have them feel confident to be like, yo, if you want to keep that look up, like we're not messing around. You got to keep this appointment. I'm going to say something controversial and that's okay. Cause it's, it's my opinion. And if you don't uh, agree with it, that's totally fine. Yep. But I feel that as hairstylists, we invest so much emotion and so much energy into our clients that they become our friends. Your clients are not your friends unless they have your mom's phone number and they buy you a legitimate birthday gift every year. That person is not your friend. And it becomes a thing. Yeah. It becomes a thing where the client can manipulate your emotions and take advantage of you. That's why a lot of people are afraid to raise their prices. They're afraid to put their boundaries up. They're afraid to be assertive about people being on time for their appointments. So I always say like in my classes, the more emotion you take out of your relationship with your clients, the more money you make and the more, not necessarily dominance, but respect you will have from them as a Mm. business. So... Mm. The more emotion you remove, the more ability you will have to have hard conversations like you have to be on time or else this isn't going to work, especially with a bleach retouch or this is when you have to come in. You don't have to be mean. You just have to be confident and assertive and remember that you are in charge and they are not. Beautifully put. (laughs) Especially if you're five foot one like me. (laughs) Gotta let them know. Um, I don't let them know. I'm looking up at them like this. Listen to me. <laughs> You're coming back exactly at this. Yeah. Um, we love to see it. So you mentioned this a couple of times and I'm curious, where would you say is the best place for younger stylists who are interested in becoming blonding experts to go for education? So like they're done with schooling. They're searching out the best. Even if this is Fan House Plus, I'd love for you to plug. Like where, where should they go in all seriousness? Definitely Fan House Plus is an affordable option for people. Online education is an affordable option for people. So that's an instant gratification and easy and affordable way to get good education. Um, Right now, I feel like, again, the apprenticeship thing is very important. And when you're looking for somebody to apprentice, you need to say, like, think to yourself, are they doing work that I would want to do? Because that's what you're going to be learning. So make sure you're trying to find. And if you have to move to a different state, if you have to work for a few months unpaid, that education is invaluable and you go and get it. What I'm seeing as a rise uh, as an educator that does all different types of education, mm-hmm. just like trends in hair, there's trends in education and it's shifting all the time. And right now the trend is definitely one-on-one shadowing, which um, I offer. And if you're interested in that, you can send me a DM at MaggieMH. We spend the days together. We customize the day for you. We can work on a mannequin together. I bring in clients mm-hmm. that will reflect what you want to learn. And we also offer just um, a business portion where there's no hair. And we just talk about your business for about three hours and help you figure out your social media and like the direction of your career and what you want to do, whether it's an educator, a platform artist, a salon owner, um, the industry is like, there's an infinite amount of jobs that you can have. So we're good at helping people figure that out. And I I love that. I love that kind of education. It's very personal and one-on-one and like customizable. And I think that people are really gravitating towards that experience right now. Incredible. Um, Well, again, as Maggie said, go ahead and DM her if you're interested in that. I feel like who wouldn't be? Um, Sign up, make it happen. It's a really great experience. It's a fun time. 
Uh, one last question before we get into our quick takes and wrap this whole thing up, um, which is speaking to your expertise again as a blonder, making things happen. What are the things that you were telling your clients that they've got to do when they're about to leave the chair to keep up their look? Like from your end, what is the product? What is the the routine? We'd love to hear it from someone like yourself. Yeah, maintenance is very important because once they leave your chair, the health of their hair at that point is their responsibility. Of course. So you as a hairstylist need to be educating them and sending them home with the right products that are customized to their color and their hair texture. You need to tell them, you know, there's there's so many things. Blonde hair is very complicated and I've had it for a while and it's been like an experience. But you need a satin pillowcase. You can't be sleeping with your hair wet. If I see you in the pool or in the lake, girl, without a swim cap, you're going to catch a DM from me. And they do. I'm like, what are you doing in that pool, girl? You're tripping. You better get in here for a blondie detox before that eats your hair. So I'm I'm pretty uh, aggressive with home care. Like, you know, if it's a warm blonde, it's the blonde me warm um, conditioner. If they're a cool blonde, it's the blonde me cool. If they're like on the brassier side and they need the no yellow, or if they have like buildup, I love the Blonde Me Detox Shampoo. That's mm-hmm. my uh, favorite. It's good for like getting a lot of oil and product out. I like to style my hair with a lot of products. So that one is um, one of my favorite. The Blonde Me All Blondes is a classic that everybody loves. The Detox Mask. Generally, the whole like Blonde Me Care line is very like customizable depending on like what your client has. So I always send them home with that. And usually I'll send them a text with the guidelines of how to use them properly and what they need to do to take care of that because you're not going to come back in here and blame me for your crispy hair if you've been swimming in the pool and it's green girl i already told you so it's it's also insurance for yourself because they don't know anything about hair and if they go home and they don't take care of it they're going to assume it's because of you yep so that's your responsibility to educate them and to make sure that they are following the rules and using the right products So I said that I was only going to ask you that one question before we got into our quick takes, but you brought it up, whether you know it or not. Yeah, which is, (laughs) let's do it. Talk to us about K18. So I know that you've got an affiliation. Um, I am a devotee. I love K18. It is the truth. Um, People that are like not sure if it's marketing hype, they're maybe not flipped from Olaplex or from any other bond builder, et cetera, et cetera. Talk to us about why people should consider adding K-18 to the routine, um, especially for clients? Yeah. So the story of K-18 is similar to the story with Blonde Me. I've used every bond builder. There's a lot of great bond builders on the market. And mm-hmm. I personally would never support or promote a product that didn't actually work, that I didn't use first, and then that I didn't see results from. So when K-18 came around, I was like, oh, it's another bond builder, whatever. Yep. And then I, I got on a call with them and they explained all the science to me. Mm-hmm. which I didn't fully absorb, <laughs> but it, it's incredible. And it's different than uh, uh, all the other bond builders out there, especially with the application of it, spraying mm-hmm. it in, which is, is very interesting. So before I agreed to like do anything with them or whatever, I wanted to use this product for like about a month to see if it actually provided results. Cause I'm a results driven person. Does yeah. it work or does it not? And yep. I instantly saw results with it. And also the take-home mask that you send with your clients. Mm-hmm. I have one in every bathroom in my house. All my sisters <laughs> have them. Like, that is a must for a take-home product for maintaining in your healthy hair. 
You heard it here. Not hype. Make sure you guys are investing in K18. No hype for me. That shit's it's, real. It'd be working. <laughs> yeah, it'd be working for real. Okay. All right. So we've got to the last bit of our interview, which is our quick take. So these are the questions we are asking of all of our guests. Don't think about it for too long. What was the first ever beauty product that you remember getting for yourself? So hair, skin, fragrance, whatever. What was it? My first ever beauty product. Um, the Central Amber Body Spray from Bath & Body Works. <laughs> Ooh, a deep cut. We love it. I still think it's kind of sexy. And also a um, Chi flat iron. I thought that was like the biggest deal ever because like everyone in high school had it. I thought mm-hmm. it was so cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Relatable. Um, are you superstitious? And if so, about what? I wouldn't say that I'm a particular superstitious person besides one thing, which is karma. Oh, okay. I'm very superstitious about that. How I treat people is very important to me. And I have seen karma come back to me for Mm. bad things or ways that I've treated people and like vice versa. Mm. So I'm almost 30 years old. And if I'm superstitious about anything, it's definitely, definitely karma. You got to treat people the way that you want to be treated for sure. The golden rule. Um, Got to make that happen for everybody. Unless they don't deserve it, then. <laughs> a different topic. Um, and they're going to get what's coming to them anyway. Um, okay. Exactly. Who would play you in a biopic of your life? Like, if you could cast anybody, who's it going to be? Oh, my gosh. I saw that question and I, like, Googled, like, short brown actresses. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also, Not enough like, of ask- them. Yeah, I know. I asked uh, a lot of people... And some people said, like, maybe Kim K, if she didn't have, like, the butt going on, that could be a thing. But a lot of, most people said, um, Alexia Demi from Euphoria. Oh, yeah. Maddie, I see Maddie it. Euphoria. Yeah. Okay. That was the biggest response. She would need to be, be a little bit, like, more excitable. But, you know, I could see it. I could see it. It would work. Cool. She's got an attitude. It could work. Yeah. She's got the vibe. But, you know, you're bringing a little bit something else. (laughs) All right. She needs to put a blazer on. Yeah, a blazer, obviously. (laughs) Um, And she's got to go blonde. Um, What is the ultimate comfort food for you? You know, I'm generally a very healthy person. But I got to say, just like a shitty pizza. Domino's. I love Hungry Howie's. Not every state has it, unfortunately. But I love me a good pizza i've never heard of hungry howie's but now i'm very much interested um hungry howie's flaps okay all right you heard it here um let's follow them too we'll add it to the show notes um last question and this is a biggie um and we're looking for truth which is say you're on a deserted island you can only bring three beauty products so like obviously you're not gonna die you're not gonna starve you've got water but like you gotta take care of yourself what are the three beauty products that you're bringing for hair? For sure. If we, we could do hair, hair products. Okay. So if I had this hair and I was stranded on a desert island, I would I could still grow this out and have like blonde ends and maybe eventually turn them into dreads or something, whatever my situation was. Sure. But I would want the blonde me detox shampoo, considering I'm stranded and sweating and probably in salt water. Yep. I'd want to get rid of that. And then I'd want to follow it with the all blondes mask to make sure that it doesn't fall off. I would also have my K-18 
um, take home mask. Oh, blonde make cool blondes shampoo to make sure that it doesn't get too brassy while I'm fishing in the sun. Yep. And then what would be my last, my last one? Hmm. It's so hard to choose. There's so many good ones. You know what? Mm, no. What would it be? The K18 peptide prep shampoo also to switch okay. out and make sure, because you know how your hair get, will get used to one shampoo yeah. and you kind of yep. have to switch. This sounds like a great plan. I feel like I could take it on. Well, we don't want you to get deserted anywhere, but it does sound like you've got it sorted if you were to be. Um, Maggie, thank you so much for coming on the Volume Up podcast. I've learned a ton. I know that our listeners have. Before we wrap, one more time, plug the hell out of your socials. Please just drop them. Drop the usernames. Well, thanks guys for listening. I hope you were at least a little bit entertained. I hope it didn't make you angry at any point. If I did, it's all good. But my Instagram is at Maggie MH. My salon is at fanhouse, P-H-A-N-H-A-U-S dot Scottsdale. Um, and then my education platform is at fanhouse plus P-L-U-S. And remember fan with a P-H, not an F. <laughs> Important, important. And again, in the show notes. So make it happen. Uh, again, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck. Continued success. We'll see you around. Come back anytime. Thank you so much. Same to you. Can't wait for next time. All right, Jeff. I mean, Maggie is kind of the epitome of cool. Like at first blush, first take, first Instagram glance. Hello. I need to book a flight. Like, I got to get to Scottsdale. Yeah. Basically, that's the the takeaway here. Like, please, can they squeeze me in? I'm down for whatever. Let's make it happen. I mean, I'm like, I really think it could be interesting. Like, the transformation, like the color block transformations could be super cool on you. Mm -hmm. Or maybe we should have our beloved producer head on over there because she's in Arizona. So let's do a little before and after you thingy. Hmm. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease, and send in questions to volumeup at thetease.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Mana Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to Josh Landowski and Nathan Folks for the custom Volume Up theme song, and thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.